And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. High in the air. Brito back at the wall. Adios, Pelota! That's the type of manager that I'd like to be, which is the same every day. They know what they're going to get. They're going to get energy. They're going to get accountability. They're going to get structure, and they're going to get support. And I'm going to bring those things to the dugout in the clubhouse regularly. It takes hard work, uh, and it takes humility, taking one step forward at a time, making one good baseball move after another. And I really feel like that's how we're going to get where we hope and intend to go. You're listening to Bags and Brisby on Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 229 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. I am Brent Brisby. I'm here with Andy Baggerly. Andy, the 1984 Giants hit 229 doubles. I, I got nothing for that. That That's all I got. Uh, that's a lot of doubles. Well, doubles are good. And, Mike Kruko had one. Maybe, I guess that counts for something. Yeah, there you go. Dwayne Kuyper had lots of them. It was not unusual because he had so many. Uh, he actually yeah, only had me. one of those as well. Um, I, I'm kind of a, I, I like some weird statistics and, and one of them I like is doubles. I, I do. I'm, I'm fascinated by people who hit 50 plus doubles because it's hard to do. And, um, you know, I don't know. I may, maybe with, uh, if they play a whole season in Mexico city, someone could have a hundred. <laughs> you're just saying basically what you're announcing is that you are a, a big Gene Segura fan. Uh, ground ball just gets past the dive of the second base, uh, second baseman. And that's going to be a double. <laughs> Well, we're not here to talk about doubles of the 1984 Giants. We're here to talk about the 2020, what is this, three, 2023 Giants, um, who are doing better. They're doing better since the last time we talked. It's always that weird thing where we come on after a loss and it's kind of, it kind of feels a little bit different than it did before the game started. But uh, the Giants uh, took a series from a, a tough Houston team on the road and they took a, a a series from a pretty good Brewers team. They're they're okay. They're looking okay. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I can't remember basically being in the first week of May and reversing course so many times on a team that I've covered. <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, going into the spring, it's like, yeah, we know you're disappointed, but they're actually pretty good. To mm-hmm. oh my god, they're dreadful. To oh no, you know they're pretty good. When when these things click into play, uh, well, no, no, they're dreadful again. And and, and now it's like. Okay, maybe maybe, uh, maybe some things have evened out that they thought would even out. Um, I mean, certainly if if they keep getting the kind of work that they've gotten the last couple of turns from Webb, from Cobb, from Discofani, um, it'll be hard for them to really hit some bad losing streaks when you get pitching like that. But you know, until they start getting some of that work from Shamanaya, Ross Stripling, and the bullpen in general, it's going to be hard for them to maintain those winning streaks like they'll need to do to to compete in a pretty rigorous division. So. You know, it's uh, I, I, I said all along, if they can get to Mother's Day and be either at 500 or within real close spitting distance of it, they'll be fine. And and they're 15 and 18 and we got Mother's Day coming up. So um, they just need to have, I think, one more good week against some tough teams and, uh, and, and then they can take stock of where they are and maybe not to feel too bad about that. Yeah, I, I think that is the correct take. It is a confusing team, a confounding team, but in general, 
I don't think our preseason read was that wrong because it's not like you and I were saying, oh, 95 wins, here we come. It was more of a, yeah, they should be fine. They should be fine. And I still think that they're fine. There are problems. Uh, Ross Stripling, his dingeritis is pretty bad. Uh, Sean Manaya, his command control, he's got a little bit of the dingeritis himself. Uh, Michael Conforto does not look like the guy who was one of the better hitters in the National League for several years. He looks like the the hitter who was really uh, poor in his last full season. Uh, so uh, it's it's a team not without its warts, but there is a lot going right, and there's a lot to dream on, I think, with this team. it's You can project, well, if Mitch Haniger starts hitting and you don't sound like a wackadoodle, uh, it would be harder to be like, well, if Tyro Estrada can hit 339, and if Desclafani can be a, an all-star contender, you would sound like a wackadoodle, but that stuff is true, so... The other stuff seems reasonable. Yeah, if Lamont Wade Jr. can have Barry Bonds' walk rate from, oh, I don't know, 2000, 2003, 2004. Yeah, sure. Um, no, you know what? They're, they're right on league average for offense. It's 4.62 runs per game, and they're scoring 4.48. They're the first team that's under league average on the on the list. So they're just right at league average. And then it's it's giving up runs. It's been the problem. They're averaging five runs allowed per game, you know, which which puts them even with the Cardinals and uh um you know in, in that sort of bottom third of the league. And league average is again four point six two. So you know I think a run on the run prevention side is is where they probably need to clean things up a little bit. Um but we know that you know they're gonna have games where they just need to outscore the opposition. And and some of those may be in starts uh, from the back end of the rotation or starts that they string together out of the bullpen. Um, and they're going to have to win some of those games uh, because I think they're one in five in games that Ross Stripling has appeared. And it's not like he's taken them out uh, of every single one of them, but but the dingeritis, you're right, is is, is kind of confounding because home run suppression is one of the reasons they liked him. He only gave up 12 home runs last year, and that was in Toronto. So, um you know, he's already given up eight this year and three on his slider when he didn't give up any on his slider. And what I wrote uh, after uh, Sunday's loss to the Brewers was just looking at Conforto, Manaya, and Stripling and uh, the fact that, you know, these were all the three guys who signed two-year contracts with an opt-out after the first year. And, you know, I think you wrote uh, a pretty prescient piece, which is, look, these contracts actually can work out pretty good, but... Some of them will not, and it's the law of averages that at least one of these probably won't. And I think it's too early to to make a judgment call. Um, but uh, you know, you could say, well, they, they've got to have Conforto come around. They've got no choice. They got to keep running him out there. He's too important to them, especially with Yaz out. Um, but uh, maybe they do have options when it comes to Stripling and Manaya because they've got Alex Wood coming back. You've got Kyle Harrison who looks like he's getting on the right track at AAA to the point where he it may be hard to keep him down if if he keeps having more starts like the one last one he had. But they, they kind of do. They kind of do have to keep giving Stripling and Manaya that platform because if they don't, then those guys are just going to opt in for $12.5 million salaries next year and, and may, maybe not, not have the, the best role on the team. So you still have to give them a lot of leeway and a lot of platform. And, you know, it's too early to judge. And the biggest thing is all three players are healthy. So um, that, that's <laughs> ask the Yankees about Carlos Rodon. And, and, and if, if you're not healthy, you don't have any chance of, of, of performing. So at least uh, these guys are all in a good space physically. 
Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, your take on stripling of Medina Conforto. And, and yet, it, A, patience is warranted uh, for the logistical reasons, uh, for their opt-outs and for looking forward to 2024. But I think patience is also warranted because they've been good recently. Like, it's not like you're you're looking at a pitcher who's never done it before and hoping that s- somewhere out of the blue they become something that they've never been before. Uh, these guys are pretty good. And I would even go so far as to, uh, you know, play the it's not my money card with Stripling and Manai and Conforto, because I could see a scenario where they opt back in with the Giants, and it's a good thing. And I would say it would be sort of like Desclafani. If Desclafani had an opt-out last year that he didn't exercise and he stuck around, well, in 2023, the Giants are happy that he's there. I could see a scenario where they just don't turn it around this year, but that the Giants are happy that they have them next year in 2024. That might be a little bit too rosy, but I'm not totally sour on any of these three guys yet. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's early, so you don't make any pronouncements yet, especially with someone like Conforto. Where, you know, I asked him, I said, you know, look, is it a compounding factor for you that you're a little out of practice at uh, trying to work your way through a slump? And um, and and he he wasn't quite sure. Uh, he didn't know if that was a factor or not. But he did say that he's got a lot of confidence in his track record. He's got a lot of confidence in, um, you know, the fact that he's come out of these things before. Uh, and he's working on several different timing mechanism things in his swing. And, and he's thrown off as a result. And hitting major league pitching. Not easy, <laughs> not, not easy to do. Um, so, you know, he's uh, he's confident. And that, that's probably the most important thing is, is if these guys are confident, they can turn it around and um, they got the tools uh, at their disposal. The one the one that that uh, is a concern for me is Manaya and the fact he's walking too many batters. Yeah. Uh, that's something that you just know will not work. And that's something that does stabilize quickly. So um, they need to get him in the strike zone more and they need to keep uh, stripling in the ballpark more. And if they can do those two things, uh, then they'll probably be uh, most of the way there to to getting these guys to be, um, you know, what they hope they would be. Yeah, I wrote about when they signed Manaya how he was a little bit different than the typical pitcher the Giants uh, would sign as a free agent, just because he is not necessarily throwing the ball where he wants to all the time. With Stripling, you can say, here, do X, Y, and Z, and he'll go, okay, and he He'll generally, in his career, put the ball in uh, zone X, zone Y, and zone Z. Uh, Manaya was always just uh, getting by more on stuff, on deception, on left-handedosity. That's not quite what the Giants typically have with their free agent starters. So he was always a little bit of an outlier. So I am with you, the the command, the control, a little bit concerning. Uh, before I move on, I, I did want to ask you, did, did you see what Ross Stripling's current ERA is? I did. Uh, it's straight out of the book of Revelation. Yeah. Mark the Beast. 6.66, right? Uh, mm-hmm. This is yeah. just an excuse for me to point out that Matt Latos, his career ERA with the Dodgers, 6.66. And if you don't think that's funny, buddy, we can't be <laughs> friends. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's that's a good one. Maybe it's like one of my all time favorite his, factoids. Maybe he should sign that on 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 baseball. So <laughs> along with I hate the Giants, because he did do that, right? He'd he'd sign Matt Latos. I hate the Giants. Man, that was a weird time. Just uh, the Matt Latos uh, fascination back then when I was a blogger. I don't know. Anyways, uh, <laughs> he broke Dave Fleming's windshield. I mean, come on, if, if you, you, you can't. Heel. Everyone loves Dave Fleming. He, he's such, such a good heel. He such he a broke good Dave heel. Fleming's windshield. 
Yeah. And he looks like the villain from Karate Kid, like just a, a perfect heel. He's just a perfect heel. He does look a little bit like the, maybe it's the hair. Got to be the bleach blonde hair. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's move on to uh, these uh, wacky, confusing giants uh, like Joey Bart. I think he's becoming something of a guy, but I've been fooled before. Do you think that he's solidified his place on this roster as far as like, yeah, he's our guy going forward? Uh, kind of, just by attrition. I mean, they they did make the, the non-move to not bring up Gary Sanchez, which tells you all about how Gary Sanchez mm-hmm. must have looked at AAA. You know, when they signed him, it was in that opening series at Yankee Stadium. And like that same day or the day after, Joey Bart was scratched from what should have been his first start and went on the injured list. And it was mm-hmm. fair to wonder when he was going to get back on the active roster. And, and I wrote that and I got some pushback in the comments. And I'm like, no, wait, you got to remember, you know, they had... Um, Roberto Perez healthy at that point. And they expected him to be, you know, at least their part-time catcher. They had Gary Sanchez that they just signed. And he's a guy you don't necessarily sign on a flyer. They wanted him most of the offseason and finally got him to come down to to sign a non-guaranteed contract. And and they had Blake Sable, who they really wanted to keep as a a Rule 5 catcher. So they started the year with three catchers. And guess what? Only one of those guys had minor league options, and that was Joey Bart. So it was going to be hard for me to see him getting back on the team anytime soon. And things sure have changed in a couple of weeks. You know, obviously Sanchez gone. Uh, Roberto Perez, unfortunately, um, you know, had the rotator cuff surgeries out for the season. Sable is still here, and it looks like they are going to be committed to keeping him. Austin Wins is not in the organization, too. In fact, he's on his third NL West team this season. Yeah. <laughs> um, saw him in the Rockies box score, and I'm like, what are you doing there? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and, and the, the, the biggest threat now to Joey Bart is really Patrick Bailey, and I shouldn't say threat, but the biggest competition. Um, and Patrick Bailey's at AAA now, and he's hitting cleanup. And, uh, you know, he's a switch hitter, and he's he's still got a lot to learn, but he's had a golden glove in, in the minor leagues. Uh, and, you know, we do know that he was drafted by this regime, and Joey Bart wasn't. And I hate to keep coming back to that, but it is a fact of life. They literally preferred that guy. They preferred him so much, they made him the first pick in their draft. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that it's the competition never ends. And I don't think Joey Bart will ever be able to feel settled into the position of Giants everyday catcher. Um, but uh, he's doing what they want him to do. And he's shown a lot of growth in a lot of areas. Um, and, you know, that, that going out and making two mound visits to Camilo Duvall and exhausting all his mound visits and making sure they didn't have an automatic ball, which would have brought the time run to the plate in Houston the other day. That, to me, that was a mistake that, that the Giants made earlier in the year when, when uh, Taylor Rogers issued a walk on an automatic ball when he ran out of time. They couldn't get the sign to him. And Joey Bart learned from that, and uh, uh, and he made that adjustment and showed a lot of poise. And that's... That's exactly what you want to see. And I I think that's happening in a lot of different elements of his game. So, yeah, it's a good sign. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, I will. Do, I, I'll play the hits, and I, I've probably mentioned this uh, 17 times on this podcast. Probably written about it 37 times. If you're going to have two players at one position that you aren't sure, if if you have two good players at one position. You, you probably want it at catcher, right? That is the position where you can handle two players doing well. So Patrick Bailey comes up and he's taken a little bit of time from Joey Bart. It just so happens that they complement each other a little bit where Patrick Bailey is uh, pretty good against right-handed pitchers and not so much against left-handed pitchers. That will play. It's not a Cepeda-Willie McCovey thing where you got to stick one of them in the outfield. You'll You'll make it work. But then there's like the complicating case of Blake Sable looking better than I thought he would behind the dish. His offensive line is hilarious where he's got an 812 OPS. He's hitting for power. He's also struck out 32 times in 77 plate appearances. I have no idea what to make of Blake Sable other than uh, he's given the Giants more than maybe they could have expected before the season. He's looking okay. And if you have in the future, and this is wildly projecting out. But if you have a future situation with uh, Bart, Bailey, and then you've got Sable as an outfielder, sometimes third catcher, sometimes pinch hitter in the late innings who can slip into that catching role, that's not a bad place to be. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that's, uh, you know, th- that was always <clears throat> what Bruce Bochy wanted on his roster was a third catcher who is, mm. you know, really doesn't play the position and he just never got it. Um, uh, I, I love the roster flexibility to be able to do that. Um but you know it's it's uh, it, it is going to be a little bit tricky with with Sable because of his skill set. Like you mentioned, the OPS is what it is. Uh, he can put a charge in the ball. He's had a couple of big non homer hits the last couple days. Um, the double in Houston off off the wall, uh, and then a, a big hit against the Brewers. But um, as as a lineup, I think there's too many guys who are doing what he's doing right now, which is you're getting the big uh, home run every now and again, but you're striking out way too much. And that means that you're not keeping the line moving and, 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 and you're not keeping rallies going. And, you know, I think that that's minimized a lot of big innings. I mean, you know, you look at Sunday's loss and they out hit the Brewers 13 to 12, hmm. uh, but stranded 10. And it seems like there's been a lot of, of games like that. I mean, Lamont Wade Jr. should have more than, what, 14 runs scored right now for as many <laughs> times as he's been on base. But, you know, they're, they're pretty station to station in terms of, uh, um, you know, base running aside from Tyro and, and maybe Austin Slater. Um, and, you know, they're not going to be super sneaky on the bases. They're going to have to either hit home runs uh, and lots of them or, or, you know, find ways to compete a little bit better with two strikes. Um, and, and maybe that's that's part of the, 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 the I guess, the equilibrium is if you, d- if you are continuing to sell out for that power with two strikes, you will hit some of those homers. And in the long run, maybe the, the theory goes uh, that's going to be more valuable to you. But I don't know. It's... Uh, other teams seem to be scoring more runs with more athleticism around the game. Maybe that's, um, I, I don't know if that bears out, but that's uh, that's what it seems like to me. And some of the teams that are off to really good starts are teams that, you know, b- basically can find ways to to put the ball in play and, 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 and get on base and, 
and sustain rallies. So, um, you know, it's you got to have power. I mean, ask, ask the, the Reds or, or, or some of the other teams that don't aren't hitting homers. Just your, your offense won't function unless you can hit for power. But I feel like you have to be you have to be a little more di- dynamic now. And, and I, I think the Giants um, need some of that dynamism, which I, I'm not sure that how, how they're going to be able to find that. Quick question for you. Uh, Tyro Estrada, is he going to be a Hall of Famer or merely like someone who <laughs> lasts on the ballot for a few years? Yeah, so it's kind of funny, you know. We're in Houston, and 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 uh, and and all of the talk is about Mauricio Dubon after he kind of pops off on the Giants, right? And I don't think that that we need to talk a whole lot about that. The situation's a little ridiculous, but um, but you know, it's it's like oh, the, the the Giants gave up on Mauricio Dubon. How could they do that? He's got a twenty game hitting streaks. He still has uh, an OPS plus of under hundred. He's not a league average player. And this is not to denigrate Mauricio Dubon. He's had a really nice season. Um, he's the toast of the town there in Houston, and absolutely good for him. Everyone's happy for him. Um, but you know, <laughs> if the choice was between him and Tyro Estrada, which it kind of was at the time, I think the Giants chose right. <laughs> and, and, and maybe. <laughs> Maybe you should. The, the question should be uh, to ask the Yankees. How, how did you not keep space for this guy? I mean, it's uh, especially with as banged up as they are now, and, and the back of, of their lineup is really a problem. Um, boy, Tyro Estrada as a Yankee right now would really, really help their cause. And and um, I don't think that uh, folks out there really talked about that, but they they gave him up for cash considerations. And the Giants um, have a potential All Star player, and I think he leads all second baseman in WAR still too. So yeah, he's he's been fantastic. I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm writing about him right now, and, and that's going to come out later today, but his batting average on balls in play is 404. That's not going to last, okay? He's not Rod Carew. Uh, I feel confident in in predicting that, but he's really good at what he does in uh, hitting for power. He's stealing bases. He's uh, taking the extra base. It's not just uh, stealing bases when you're as fast as Estrada. It's taking the extra base when you have the opportunity. He's doing that. Uh, his defensive statistics which were a little underwater last year. They've stabilized, and I think that comes with experience at second base, uh, which is always, always important. Uh, There are some red flags as far as exit velocity and and, uh, ground ball rate and stuff like that, but he's just... The Giants had a lot of confidence in him going into the offseason to the point where they just didn't uh, worry about upgrading at second base. It's like, no, Estrada's got it. What are you, what are you kidding me? Of course Estrada's got it. And they're kind of being proven to be uh, prescient on that. It's He's a pretty good player for them, and he's young. He will be a pretty good player for them for a while. It's He is one of the stories of the season. Yeah, he's just he's one of the better uh, you know uh, in zone hitters in the league right now. I think his hmm. his contact percentage on pitches in zone is about fourth or fifth best in the major leagues. I mean, he's uh, you know you get your Stephen Kwans and your Luis Arias's and and he I don't think he's quite to that level, but there's not a lot of swing and miss uh, in in uh, in zone for him. And you know it seems like uh, especially pull side he's getting the ball in the air uh, more. Um, I, I'd have to check to see where his average. Um, launch angle is compared to past years, but it seems like it's nudged up a little bit every year. And that was a big key was just getting him to hit, you know, turn more of those ground balls into line drives, more of those line drives into homers. Because uh, you're right, you know, he's he's not a big exit velo guy. You know, David VR is not a big exit velo guy. But, you know, that's, I think that's pretty predictive um, if, if you're someone who can make consistent contact or maybe you're someone who just makes consistent contact and, and your, your exit velocities are, are not eye-popping. Maybe they are two different skills. 
And, um, you know, clearly Estrada's got really, really good contact skills. And he's, I think he's become a smarter hitter every year, um, you know, in terms of his zone awareness. And, uh, you know, boy, the Giants need him because they don't have anybody else in the lineup who's like him. They're too similar. They got too many similar hitters. And he's the guy who's, okay, you're different. And um, and they, I think every lineup needs some of that kind of diversity of skill. Um, it's it's part of what made some of the Giants lineup so good when they won the World Series is you had a Hunter Pence and a Pablo Sandoval and you had a Buster Posey and, you know, um, they're all such different hitters. And I think that that poses a, uh, that, that, that poses a tough uh, assignment to, I think, um, you know, an opposing starting pitcher. Do you want to know a, a lineup that's been monochromatic uh, for the last few years and it's it's been a little bit of a problem? Uh, sh- uh, hit me with your best shot. What do you got? The Yankees. Mm. <laughs> lots, lots of, of right-handed lots of right-handed power uh with some swing and miss in it and uh, they could use a guy like Estrada so we've we've kind of come full circle there but yeah wow. I, yeah he is uh, he brings something to the giants that they absolutely absolutely need uh he is do you think he's got a shot at the all-star how when do we start caring about all-stars when do we start uh mentally placing guys on that roster i don't even remember what time of the year that's supposed to be oh grant there's been so much spilled ink over the years (laughs) in my career and the career of many others about uh there might be a couple of all-stars here and you don't look at that until june june one june June one is absolutely The, 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 when you can, when you are allowed to begin, uh, thinking about the all-star game and who might make an all-star team. Uh, and, and, and even that might be too soon. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's, um, I, I, I don't know what the, I haven't really scanned second baseman of Jonathan India. I think it's off to a nice start, right? There, there's some good second baseman around the league, but, um, you know, I, I, I think that Tyro probably has the best case of anybody to be, uh, on the all-star team, along with maybe Alex Cobb uh, to the start that they're off. But, oh, no, we, we, we've started talking about the all-star team. No, I, I, I'm breaking my rule. Breaking my rule. It's so quick, funny. Quick segue. Another topic. I don't, I don't even care on June 1st, and I'm sitting here in May, like, pretending like I care. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. This is – that's not my finest moment. We will not bring up all-stars again until, like, July 1st. There you go. There you go. Um, and the game is in Seattle, I think, right? Yeah, I it's a know. Seattle game. I know. I kind of, yeah. kind of want to put it and go to that one. It seems like that's going to be a fun time, Seattle. Well, um, so we've got uh, another week of Giants baseball coming up, and the schedule is—it's uh, always difficult because every major league team presents challenges. But they've got the Nationals on the remainder of this homestand. Uh, they've got uh, you know the nice part of their rotation about ready to go, and uh, and then they go to Arizona and. Grant, we have now arrived uh, on May 11th uh, of this coming week, uh, the first Giants road game played in the Pacific time zone, believe it or not. And I know Arizona is mountain standard. I know it's not Pacific (laughs) time zone, but the same time zone as what what San Francisco is on. How's that? Um, So, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a big sneaky series, I think, um, to introduce yourself to Arizona for the first time. A team that's very athletic, a team that's you know, is is off to a a decent start um, and uh, and 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 seems like they could present some matchup problems for the Giants with especially if if, uh, they have someone like Sable back there who's struggling to throw out runners. Um, You know, the, the Diamondbacks strike me as a team that could really run run circles around the Giants. So that's that's going to be an important series, I think. Yeah, uh, absolutely. You know the Giants struggle against lefties, so uh, they'd match up pretty poorly with Madison Bumgarner. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> sorry, wow. Sorry. I just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I did. What did. I wonder where he's going to end up because he's officially waived, right? He's He's gone, gone. Yeah, he's waived and released. He is he is free to sign with with any league in any rodeo circuit that he wants. So, um, but yeah, I, I've I've made some uh, I've made some overtures and haven't heard anything. So I'm not sure if they're figuring out what they want to do or or they want to take some time or or they just want to you know not uh, not yeah sort of throw out any hints. But yeah, no, I'm I'm asking I'm asking around, but haven't haven't heard anything yet. Interesting, interesting. All right, uh, Zach Gallen is uh, man. He's good. That uh, that trade, the Jazz Chisholm uh, Zach Gallen trade, will fa- that's got to be one of the most fascinating trades of the last decade, if not the last couple decades. Because I keep looking up and someone else has taken the pole position. But Zach Gallen's good. He's going to mess with the Giants in that series. I think. You know, it. it I, I think we've even I've mentioned this on this podcast. But can you imagine if the Cardinals? Had held on to Zach Gallen <laughs> and Sandy Alcantara, and oh, you know, just just Randy Rosarena, just for fun. What if they'd held on to all three of those players because they didn't trade any of them to get Paul Goldschmidt or Nolan Arenado? So they could have all those dudes, and wow. instead, I, I'm I feel so bad. One of my very, very good friends from college is from um, is from Carmi, Illinois, and he is a lifelong Cardinal fan, and I like him in spite of that. Um, and and he's like, this is my first summer ever where I have no hope. It's like baseball on the radio is is my summer. That's my jam. That's what I do. And and the Cardinals are just terrible. And I said, buddy, it's only taken you forty years of life for the Cardinals to basically play their way out of things. <laughs> By the end of April. So, you know, it, it is funny. The Cardinals are never bad. And, and and this year they are bad. And I know we're not supposed to be talking about the Cardinals. We're supposed to be talking about the Giants. But, you know, that could be the kind of start the Giants got off to. And they did not. So, you know what? It's, the, the world's not so bad. I don't think you're going to get a lot of pushback uh, from the listeners if you spend a little bit of time on a Giants podcast about the Cardinals being bad, uh, because it's kind of funny for Giants fans. It's kind of funny for Giants the fans. The Cardinals so. are so bad uh, that they signed uh, <laughs> they signed uh, uh, Contreras and then realized that he can't catch. And, and now he's like a DH or something. Yeah, yeah. That stuff is or, or, Oh, no, they'll turn him into an outfielder. Oh, no, not an outfielder. Maybe he will be an outfielder. No, he won't. Oh, they have eight outfielders, outfielders already. Well, you know, whatever. They'll figure it out. Yeah, not a yeah. good situation. Yeah, no, I, I wrote when the Giants signed Gary Sanchez. I wrote about the Giants being absolute weirdos at the catching position. I did, through back channels, get a little bit of pushback. And one of the things I said was, oh, they didn't even try to sign uh, uh, Contreras. And I don't think they really wanted to sign Contreras. And I, it sure seems like that was proven a little bit right. He has not worked out for the Cardinals. I don't think the Giants would have been better off if they had given him several million dollars in several years. Yeah. And, you know, they had some good inside info, I think, on Contreras because, I mean, Scott Harris was their general manager. He worked with the Cubs uh, during the World Series year. You know, it's been there many years. And and uh, and obviously, he would have had a lot of insight. Not to say that he, you know, is specifically the one who said, oh, we cannot sign this guy. But, uh, you know, th- th- I guess it's just, just a way of saying that they had, you know, more than probably – uh, the the general information that a team would have about a free agent, and they were not interested in him. 
Um, and, you know, I, I think they were very interested in Sean Murphy, who is just about the mm-hmm. best offensive player in the National League right now. Um, and the A's did not want to do business with them. And the Giants, you know, from what I understand, were willing to give up, you know, not Kyle Harrison, but a lot. And uh, and the A's were pretty set on getting Kyle Harrison in that deal. And and uh, and that's not a bridge the Giants were willing to cross. So so off he went to Atlanta, and um, and he's been fantastic for the Braves. So um, you know, it's I, I I do think that there were a lot of other things the Giants tried uh, to get a catcher, but um, uh, it didn't work out. And and you know what? Who knows? Maybe Joey Bart will end up having a really really nice season for them. And um, you know, he certainly has the opportunity right now. So got to make the most of it. Absolutely. The Giants, their problem this year is not catching. So uh, it, it's taken a little bit of a turn, but I, I think that they're doing okay. Let me see where they rank. You, Your favorite stat, and you're actually the one that kind of came to me with this stat and and turned me on to it, was uh, wins above average. Like you have to go to the to the uh, baseball reference page for the league or Major League Baseball. And then you look at uh, wins above average, and it's a really helpful stat. And the Giants are right there in the middle, 15 out of 30 teams. They're doing A-OK with the catching position. Uh, So, yeah, you know, all's well that ends well, I guess. Yeah, and what's cool about that uh, table on baseball reference, and it's on the, uh, the season summary page, so you have to scroll down past standard batting and standard pitching, is that you can um, highlight, there's a drop-down box, you can highlight any team you want. And so you highlight the Giants, and they all show up in in, in black, and they, they stand out, and you can see exactly where they are. And, and starting pitching, they, they are fourth in 1.9 wins above average. Bullpen, they are third to last with minus 2.0 wins oh. above average. So you can see exactly where they're, you know, where, where they're deriving value and where they're giving that value back. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but but sometimes it's, um, you know, it can be kind of instructive to see where, where they rank in some of these different uh, areas. And in terms of position players, um, you know, the, the, the worst spot on the diamond for them is right field. And they're minus six wins above average. And Michael Conforto has taken all but about uh, 30 of the plate appearances uh, out there. So, you know, that's, that's obviously he's someone who's going to have to step it up. All right. This has been episode 229 of the Bags and Brisby podcast. Uh, I would like to point out, uh, give a special round of thanks to our producer, Tanika Smothers, because we're at the end of this podcast and you have no idea, but my brain turned into a fog and leaked out of my ears several times on this podcast. And you don't have any idea because she's edited out uh, the offending parts. So uh, thanks to Tanika for making this podcast hum. We will be back next week to talk about the Giants, what they did against the Nationals, what they did against the Dimebacks. Thanks for listening. We will see you then. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.